Yeah, so this is uh, this is uh, Bordeaux Diaries. It's a bit obvious, but do you want to tell us where you are? I'm in Bordeaux, Matthew. I wouldn't have guessed. Uneducated listeners, which Matthew probably doesn't care about. Bordeaux's in France. This is Bordeaux Diaries. A year in the life of DMU student Callum Taylor as he studies drama in France and in French. Uh, I'm in France, in Bordeaux. And what are you doing there? I'm doing a year abroad, studying as part of the Erasmus scheme. Uh, I'm doing Les Etudes de Théâtre, I think it's called, which is Theatre Studies. Um, Back at DMU, which is where I study normally, I do English and drama, uh, but here I'm just doing drama. And why have you decided to go to France to study? Because you're actually studying in the French language, aren't you? I am, yeah. Don't know. Don't, I, well, um, why am I here? Well, I'm not really sure, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I just thought, why not do it? Uh, it's probably going to be an experience, which it's turned out so far it definitely has been an experience. Um, I thought, you know, there's no reason not to do it. It's a great, yeah, great experience. Um, I, I kind of knew that it was all going to be in French, uh, but I just didn't really think about it. I was doing a lot before I went. Um, and I didn't really think about it until I got here, when I had to think about it a lot, <laughs> uh, in order to just ask for a pint, which was a struggle in itself. But um, yeah, that's that. See, this is the problem. I'm not, I'm not as good at French as I really should be to be here doing what I'm doing. But you, uh, um, you do have uh, a certain level of French, and that's why you've gone to France to study, isn't it, to develop your language? Yes, uh, one of my uh, regrets will, would have been my uh, effort in my French A-level. Um, I felt like I let myself down, so I thought I always, I, always, I always wanted to be good at French. So I thought, what's the best way of doing it? Sticking myself in the deep end and just going for it. Um, yeah, so I've gotten, I've gotten a bit better. Like It's getting bit by bit, but my main problem is understanding people. Um, like understanding professors and stuff like when they're just because all the lectures and stuff are in French so I mean I still don't understand much not going to lie and, but I've got friends who like help me and like point stuff out um, but you yeah. still must be at a, a decent level to even attempt to sit in a lecture of drama in a completely different language no that's just a blind courage Matt that's, that's not <laughs> that's not le- a level of ability in a language uh, like, yeah, but I can I can speak it okay. okay. You haven't been kicked out yet, though, have you? No, but lecturers, some lecturers look at me like they want to. Like, <laughs> I know that you don't understand what's going on, no matter how much you nod and smile and laugh as soon as you hear anyone else laughing. That doesn't mean you know what's going on, and I know, I've sussed you out. But I just try and avoid eye contact with those lecturers. Does it uh, give you a new level of empathy with students... Uh, studying in England uh, yeah. whose first language isn't necessarily English. Yeah, like, I remember being at DMU and that, like, now I hear people saying stuff like, oh, God, like, why do all the, like, uh, why do all the international students all stick together and they don't really integrate themselves very much with, with us, like, and get a bit grumpy about it, like, it's not it's not really right or whatever. But I can tell you why. It's not because they don't want to. It's because they're just flipping scared. It, it, it's, it's daunting going and speaking to people who are 100% comfortable where they are and with what they're doing. Well, maybe not 100%, but like significantly more comfortable than you are. Like people at home, I mean, I remember I felt a little bit out of my comfort zone just moving to university. Never mind going to university in a different country. Especially when a lot of the time, you know, it's not like you're 25 or whatever. And I mean, you, you just, you're really young. 
and you're going not just somewhere new, but that you know how to ask for stuff in a shop, or if someone rings you out of the blue and says, you know, your plumber, your landlord rings you and says, oh, the plumber's coming around at a certain point. Uh, what's the problem again with the plumbing? You can be like, oh, well, the pipe's blocked. I don't know how to say the pipe's blocked in French. Is your pipe blocked? It was. It, it really, well, not my pipe, because I haven't got anywhere to live yet. I've been here a month. I still don't have anywhere to live, so I'm staying on a sofa but, uh, of people I've met. But um, here, where I'm staying at the minute, I uh, had one <laughs> one day where basically we were told, I said, oh, don't don't use the sink because, um, but then I woke up one morning and it absolutely stunk of sewage water. And I was thinking, I looked around, I was like, what on earth is that? And there was just water all over the floor in, in the living room, never mind the kitchen, which is next door. So like, I'm like, I think, oh, this is disgusting. So I could take my socks off and like paddle into the kitchen and uh, have a look and try and find out where it's coming from. And it's coming from the washing machine. And out of the bottom of the door, it's just a constant drip. Uh, so me, I used to be a premises officer, so I thought, you know, I can, I'm like a caretaker at a school. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll boss this now. This isn't going to be a problem. So I uh, <laughs> I just thought, yeah, good idea. I'll open the washing machine door. So I opened the door and water just poured out <laughs> everywhere. What possessed you to think that was a good idea? didn't think it through. I just thought, yeah, that would be obviously, oh, I don't know. It turned out it was a good job I did it because otherwise the drip would have just carried on. Um, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it could have carried on into a bucket instead of all over the hospitable people of Bordeaux's floor. Yeah, yeah, but in order to fix the problem, it was going to have to have been emptied somehow. But anyway, anyway, I had to, I had to, op- I had to empty the entire washing machine of sewage water a second time as well. Uh, tried to do it into a bucket, didn't get it all in the bucket. But like, I was, so I'm there with like a dish cloth, towels, newspaper, like just trying to keep all the water away from my sofa like not get it near my, my little corner of the room. But the only way you can get the water out, because they don't have carpets in France, really. I've not seen one carpet. Whoa. That is a bold claim to make. That's something I've I've learned. There are no carpets in France. Well, I've not seen one. The whole time you've been there, you've been I've in been... France a month, and you haven't seen a single carpet. Yeah, there has been no carpets I've seen. Do you miss carpets? Matthew, <laughs> if there's one thing I miss, it's a carpet. They're so soft, like they're sleeping on the floor in France is worse than sleeping on the floor in England because at least in England you can find yourself a carpet. Yeah. They just have like wooden floors or fake wooden floors. Is there anything else you're missing particularly from the UK? Like English breakfast, stuff like that, because here breakfast in France is a petit déjeuner and déjeuner is lunch, so and petit is small, I think most people know that. So the whole concept of a breakfast to a French person is something small, never mind meat that's cooked. So, like, the, the concept of an English breakfast is completely alien to them. So, like, you can't get an English breakfast over here um, that I've found anywhere. Well, what about croissants, do. though? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I don't really like croissants. I like pain au chocolat. But, um, oh, well, to give you a bit of local knowledge now for the listeners, mm-hmm. um, in Bordeaux, they don't call pain au chocolat pain au chocolat. They call them a chocolatine, like chocolatine for all you English people. Um, I don't know why. But like, yeah, it's like a little chocolate kind of thing, I think.
when I first arrived, obviously I didn't have any friends to stay on their sofas, so I was staying in a hotel for like a week. It was a really bad hotel. It was more like it was like a warehouse, but inside they like made like really brittle walled rooms, and, I was, and the rooms smelled like cat as well. It was pretty grim. But I was reading Lord of the Rings, so it wasn't so bad. But I did that like all day, every day. Was that in French? Of, oh God, what do you think? No. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard going enough in the English. Yeah, I, I cried though a lot reading Lord of the Rings. But anyway, uh, anyway. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What part did you cry at in Lord of the Rings? Like loads of parts. What do you mean which part? Like, like all at the end I cried, like at the wedding at the end. Oh my God, when Frodo gets on the boat with the elves at the end. Yeah. I lost it. Going to lectures in itself. It's not so bad now, when I first died. Just the thought of, bit of it was absolutely terrifying. Like, the thought they might ask me something or whatever. So, I've been told that all my lecturers had been told already that there were going to be two Erasmus students. I didn't know how to feel about that, because I kind of, like, wanted to shrink into the background, but knew as well that that was never really going to be an option for a whole year. Well, it's so. a drama course as well, isn't it? There's no shrinking into the background in drama. That's true. In, in preparation for knowing that I was going to at least be after known my name for the register, I was memorising, um, like, how to say my name in French, like, spell it out in French. So, in French, spell it out as C-A-L-L-U-M. I'm just practising it in my head for ages. And then when I go in, they're like, okay, going through the register, like, Elodie, uh, Théo, Maxi, who is it? So I was like, oh, it's me. And they're like, how do you spell it? And because I'd practised it so much and my heart was actually going, I just went, say, and the whole class absolutely <laughs> lost it. And it all laughing. And I didn't understand why they were laughing until after. And I was like, why, why did everyone laugh at me? And Joe, the other English guy, who's basically fluent in French, so it's really useful having him there. He was like, okay, so imagine in England, someone asked you to spell your name and you just went, C-A-L-L-U-M. <laughs> so now everyone in the class knows my name. Do you not take a French name then? What, yeah, what would be you know, your French name? When it's still in Europe, it, it's a bit, uh, I don't know, is that a bit too, a bit too presumptuous that they're going to be terrible at English when actually they're all really good? Probably. Probably, but if you had to, what's if your French to. name? Philippe. Philippe. Why? Philippe. I don't know, it just rolls off the tongue, you know. Philippe. It's really hard to say anything angrily in French. Like, excuse me, sir. It'd be like, attention, monsieur. Like, it's just... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to like... Do you think maybe more... More emotions will come as you learn more of the language. Maybe. What Maybe. emotions can you do at the moment in French? Um, can you do in love? Because that is the stereotype, isn't it? It's the language of love. Uh, uh, oh, mon Dieu. Mon amour. Je t'aime. Je t'aime, mon amour. Oh, mon petit chouchou. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you just say? Nothing. Is it broadcastable? Oh, no, no swear words. I said, uh, what did I say? Oh, oh, my lord, my love, I love you, my little cauliflower. But I said, <laughs> wait, because in French, like, you know, you have like, in English, like, oh, my little sweetie or like honeybee or whatever. One of their equivalents to like honey is like um, cauliflower, just because it sounds cute, like pretty little. Really? Like, Genuinely? Just, just, I thought you were winding me up. Are you sure you're not winding me up? 
Well, I, I got taught that like seven years ago in French, and it's just one thing I clung to. Have you whether, used it? Well, I've got a, a date on Friday with a French girl, so I'll try it out then for you all. Yeah, please do. Okay. Are there any um, English idioms that you've gone to use and then realised don't actually translate? Maybe one, but I didn't get an email back, and I said something like, oh, my English isn't very good, like... Uh, so, sorry, my French isn't very good, so we could speak in English, but if, like, you can't speak English, it's not the end of the world. Oh, okay. But, I mean, I, I think I'd probably translate, I think they know what that, what that, where they get that, do you know what I mean? Not the end of the world, I think they'd understand, but I don't know whether they even use that as a phrase. Yeah. They, they it's a lot easier to understand than uh, my little cauliflower. That was episode one of Bordeaux Diaries. That was Callum Taylor, and I've been Matt Watts. Tune in next time for more stories about homelessness, crying over Lord of the Rings, and the possibility of living on a yacht.